Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film The Spy Who Dumped Me. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen without having seen it, just be aware that there may be plot spoilers. Enjoy. There ought to be a law, get the sheriff on the bone. Lord have mercy, how she even get them bridges on? That honky-tonk, badonk-a-donk. Hello. Hey, I'm in a hot room. How are you? I am also in a hot room. That's not my um, my opening song. I didn't have one. <laughs> it's getting hot in here, because we're in a hot room. I am getting so hot, but we got to do a podcast. <laughs> in the pod room. <laughs> in the pod room. Yeah. I'm in my conservatory, as I, I always am. But um, usually... I don't really mind if anyone hears what I say because, you know, this is going to go out to the world and everyone's going to be able to listen to it anyway. But um, right now my neighbours are having a quiz and they're doing it outside and doing it very loudly. And, you know, I don't really care about whether the sound bleeds in because I don't care about our listeners at all. But <laughs> I um, I cannot refrain from shouting the answers if I know the answer to the questions. So... I'm worried that if it carries on, I'll just we'll just be talking away and I'll just be going four hundred and thirty-six. Personally, I think we should stop doing our podcast tonight and both of us just join in. Yeah, I think they were we like skyping in some relatives, so it shouldn't be hard for us to join in just over the fence. Well, just like, yeah, we'll this just is Rob. How you doing? Team. Hello. <laughs> Hi. One one of the questions was actually a good one, which is how many beans are in a standard tin of Heinz beans. Do you know the answer to that? Well, I, uh, yeah, because I heard them say it. Oh, so they gave the answer immediately as well. I well, see. no, I, I was out there for a while doing my um, doing my baseball practice earlier, so baseball practice, hitting, you know, you know what I mean. Um, I go out in my garden and I do sports, so I could hear it happening while I was doing that. I see. I and it see. took every ounce of my strength not to bellow the answers. So how many... How many roads must a man walk down before you can call him a man? Yeah, and I, and I shouted over the fence, the answer, my neighbours, is blowing in the wind. <laughs> and then I farted. Um, so how many, how many beans in a can of beans? 461, according to them. I don't know if that's actually true. They might be, they might be making it all up. might be fake beans. Fake how, bean news. How many beans in a can how many beans must a man walk down 465 beans correct it's like a year and a hundred days says yours.co.uk maybe it was 465 it's close enough um that seems like a lot of beans yeah when you put it that way it sounds like a lot if you had to eat them all individually that'd be a lot of beans like one by one Seems seems like a considerable number of beans. Yeah. Have you been doing your family quiz, or is that not happening anymore? We we have done two family quizzes. I'm not sure when the next one's going to be. Cool. I won my family quiz on Sunday, just saying. On my own as well. Getting all, getting all quizzed up. Yeah, I nailed it. Good stuff. Because I know loads of shit. <laughs> you know everything. 
And there wasn't even a film round, which is obviously our specialist subject, because we know loads about really serious and important cinema. Yeah, like The Spy Who Dumped Me, which is this week's film. Very significant and historically important film. (laughs) So, (laughs) you had not seen The Spy Who Dumped Me before. I had not. I think I remember seeing a poster for it on a bus. But again, I think I might have confused this with the film Spy, and also recently with the film My Spy, featuring Dave Roundman Bautista. Um, I don't know if if I pronounced that right, but there's a baseball player called Jose Bautista, who's one of my heroes, and he says Bautista, so I may be wrong. Um, And there's other spy films, isn't there? Spy Kids. You know, it's it's a whole genre of (laughs) films that I know very little about. Spy Kids 3D. There's a whole genre of films where I'm only really aware of them from having seen posters. Occasionally I go to the cinema and I see a trailer for a spy film, but it's usually while I'm looking down into my little cup of Ben and Jerry's and wishing it would last longer. So I'm not paying attention. So, yeah, there's lots of... You you have very little time for for spy-based things. Yeah. Um, Apart from James Bond, obviously. Not not including the recent ones where they, they have single word names, because that's not allowed. But the new one looks good. <laughs> it does look good. It does look good. We have been watching some of the old James Bond movies as something to do have in you? lockdown to try and relax. Um, they they. What's more relaxing than watching a man get like attacked by a very tall man with shark teeth? <laughs> well, exactly. But, the, but there is something very relaxing about watching old action movies. So like pre... Pre-1980s action films are very, very chill to watch because it's before action became incredibly exciting. Um, where there, boring there this, action. Yeah, boring action. Where if you, if you look at Sean Connery's James Bond and then you compare it to an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, um, it's almost like they're entirely different genres of film. But there, there's something... So there's something very nice about just watching, like, for instance, Goldfinger, where there's a good five minutes of James Bond playing golf. um... (laughs) i did see someone i read someone online a few years ago saying that james bond is the golf of films which i thought was a bit unfair (laughs) but also kind of true it is kind of true it's kind of true um uh, i would uh, also like just to point out that hercules in new york came out in 1969 but i'm hercules (laughs) we should talk about that is there any romance in it there is i don't think i've ever even seen it but I don't think there's enough to justify watching it for this podcast, unfortunately. Does he get with a lady? He gets with a lady, I think. Um, there's some, there's some <laughs> arguments. That's enough we of could... a, that's like a litmus test for our films. He gets with a lady, I think. <laughs> we could watch Kindergarten Cop. That's got romance in it. Stop crying. <laughs> Spit it <Yeah>. out. <laughs> I, I, I legitimately love Kindergarten Cop, by the way unapologetic it's not even a guilty pleasure movie i genuinely love that film with every fiber of my being no it's a goofy Um, classic it is it is and speaking of goofy um the spy who dumped me is an incredibly goofy film this is yeah this is a very goofy film and this is the kind of level of goofy that we like right yes yeah um this film is stupid and silly it involves jokes about poo and bodily orifices. But and there's the right level of poo humour. That's the thing yeah, about it. It's it's not overbearing poo humour. It's just the right amount of poo humour. Nobody poos in the middle of the street. Well, that... After like an endless puking and pooing session in a bathroom. But, but I think that 
bridesmaids, which is what you're referring to. Yeah. yeah. Tra- no, I was just talking about my life. It, it, I think it goes beyond like gross out and back into farcical again, just through that farcical. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, this is this is not as gross out as that. There's some moments which are very silly um, and have that kind of toilet humor, but it's 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 just the right amount, and it's always very few snippets. Um, there is a character who shows their dong in this film for <laughs> half a second. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally on board with that. That's no, Monty just dong. Right, that's just the right level of humour. So, did, did you enjoy? Did you? I enjoy did. This film? Yeah. You know what? I I did. I thought it was quite funny and quite enjoyable, and it washed over me, and it was fun and goofy and yeah, and very silly. But it was the right level of all of those things. And I think as well, I went in with relatively low expectations. I said I didn't know much about it. I hadn't seen a trailer or anything. I knew that some people in it who I thought were good, um, but thought it looked like quite a dumb idea. And that was not wrong, but also like a dumb, good idea. So yeah, I was I was pleasantly surprised and I did enjoy it. I don't think it's a film that I would watch again, but it's, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, this is the second time that I've watched it. Um, I watched it when it first came to Netflix and thought, you know what, let's watch a stupid spy comedy. And it lived up to what I wanted. And watching it the second time, I enjoyed it pretty much the same amount. Oh, good. I'm um, really glad. It's, uh, yeah, it's a really, you don't get many movies like this anymore where they don't set out to do anything other than just make you laugh and just provide a little bit of, it's a candy floss movie. So you eat it, you enjoy it, and then it disappears entirely. Candy um, floss is so weird. What, you, do you, mean, <laughs> you mean you don't poop it out just so you can continue the poop chat? Yeah, you it, don't. You eat it, it, it disappears. Whereas it every disappears. other food, you eat it and it doesn't disappear. Candy, it's inside you. Candy floss is, it comes out of your bum. Candy floss is actually magic. It, as soon as you eat it, it dissipates and then it reappears somewhere else. There's, there's only a finite supply of candy floss in the world, but it's constantly being reused through magic. Right. So when you go to the candy floss guy and you get some candy floss, he's like whipping it up from a magic time portal, a tear in the space time continuum, pulling it away from someone who just ate some in Moscow. Yes, exactly. That's exactly how it works. Um, it's going to be covered in the next Harry Potter book. It's all it's all wizards that make candy floss. Harry Potter and the candy floss wizard cops. You know what candy floss is called in France? I don't. It's called Barb a Papa, which means father's beard, <laughs> which is a really cute little name. I That's think. lovely. Yeah. I love those little French expressions. Like pomme de terre, the apple of the ground. Yep. Uh, um, cochon d'Inde, the Indian. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I love, I love the phrase "baba papa." It's so nice. Baba papa. Yeah. Um, hey, France was in this film, wasn't it? It was. Or was it? No, it was generic Europe. Well, they went to Europe. I There's the they, thing about uh, Americans going to Europe. Americans love to go to Europe and goof around in Europe and have a trip to Europe and be like, "Hey, how was your trip to Europe?" Americans love Europe. But this also kind of reminded me of the film Eurotrip. Have you seen Eurotrip? <laughs> I, I watched Eurotrip a very long time ago and hated it. And had it's, very that is a, a truly rubbish film. They, they do end up in France in this, though, don't they? Because they have that whole little joke about looking French. Um, they, yeah. they, they go to various places. They're in Prague for a bit as well. I look like they? a French lady. You look like a French curtain, something, something like that. Yes. Um, this movie, though, it... It ticks all the right boxes for me where you've got two strong leads. I think um, Mila Kunis is very 
um very good in this as the kind of straight character is this um, um in the strong female lead category in Netflix? This is the strong female lead. Double but it's probably buried in there lead. after like 15 Greta Gerwig films. <laughs> and what, this movie doesn't need to spell out. It's got a f- strong female message. It shows them <laughs> shooting people in the head and that's enough. Yeah. And some of those people are men. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I, I really love Kate McKinnon in this. So you've got Audrey, who is the person who was dumped by a spy and then uh, played by Mila Kunis. And then you've got Morgan, her best friend, played by Kate McKinnon, putting in a very good Kate McKinnon performance. I could watch um, Kate McKinnon goofing around all day. Yes, yeah, she's really funny. Um, did you ever see the Ghostbusters remake? No, um, I, I never did. Which... Is it worth seeing? It really polarised people. Lots of people hated it. Isn't that because stupid men's rights activist people hated that it was all women well some of it was that's all i know about some it. of it was that and then there was lots of people saying that it was the greatest thing ever and it was so funny and it was amazing it's not but there's bits of it which right. are good i mean it's a remake um it's a remake of a film that didn't need to be remade and as much as like it's great that it's all women and it has that feminist message and whatever you didn't need to remake it because it's a good film that still holds up right yes yeah um it's it's when there are other films out there crying out to be remade, like The Bridges of Madison yeah, County. Yeah, I mean, I really want an all-female version of The Bridges of Madison County. Um, yeah, me too. <laughs> but that whoever the female lead is that plays um, Kent Eastwood has to have exactly the same haircuts. <laughs> yeah, um, and wear the same shirts. The same shirts. <laughs> um, yeah, um, it, the, the Ghostbusters remake is a bit of an odd one um, because it's really a case of a movie that doesn't really work, but is kind of propelled by the quality of the main performances in it. So Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, Kate McKinnon, um, all put in really great performances. All people who I very much yes, like. Yeah. And, and Leslie actors. Jones as well, I think. She got a lot of stick because she's also black. Oh, so obviously yeah. was targeted worse than anybody else because people are scumbags. Um, and she's also incredibly funny in it. But at the same time, there is that nagging doubt. It's like, did this really need to exist? Um, no is it worth existing probably it's enjoyable but it is the weakest of the ghostbusters movies so far will it be worse than the upcoming one who's to say i'm not entirely keen did you know that they're making a new ghostbusters i did not Um, i i think the first ghostbusters is good but i i don't think i've seen the second one it's not something I'm like massively bothered about ghostbusters i can take it all i'm one of those people it's it's over one of those people that enjoys the second movie not as much as the first one but it's pretty close for me whereas a lot of people think it's like it's just one of the worst sequels ever made or it's terrible no it's not it's fine Um, get over yourselves i like the theme song that's a song i I genuinely would listen to and sometimes do listen to when it's not even halloween (laughs) that's good to know sometimes i'm walking to the supermarket just put on ghostbusters I think it's because we pre- prepared for that show that we that they fired us and got in another band for. We we worked out we were going to do a cover of Ghostbusters because it was a Halloween show, and I listened to it like on repeat at that time, and it got really embedded in my head. And now it's one of my favorite songs. Yeah, that was that was annoying. That really annoyed me. Um, that was really annoying. I really wanted to play that song. <laughs> I really wanted to play that song, and we you know we had a that whole. Um, playlist of um of classic sort of halloweeny songs to play but 
Yeah, I was really excited to get up on stage and go, I ain't afraid of no ghosts. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I ain't afraid of no goose. <laughs> but there are no ghosts or geese in The Spy Who Dumped Me. Um, but but what no. you do have is jokes about vaginas. Funny jokes about vaginas. Yeah. She puts the USB stick up yeah. there. Um, then we've got... There were a couple of lines that really, really made me laugh almost out loud. Like, actually quite early on. Where it sets the tone for the kind of actually quite smart quips that are embedded in all the poo, poo jokes and stuff. Where like they're at the bar and there's the, the Ukrainian guy, um, and she she tries to get get him to like say nice things to her, and he comes and says there there is no limit to what women can achieve. Michelle Obama, and then he just walks <laughs> yeah, it's off. Great that. Um, I also really like um, <laughs> some of the other elements that are really funny. Uh, um, I think Morgan's character really made me laugh a lot. Pretty much every time that Kate McKinnon is on screen, I'm I'm laughing. Um, there's that yeah. there's that great line where she's speaking to her mum on the phone and is like, "Mother, did you get the two dick pics I sent you?" <laughs> yeah, that was good. Um, and there's another one where um, they've they've gone to who they think is like her dad's friend. And it's not her dad's friend, and he's like he's talking all fancy, and he's like, "Are you into Balzac?" And she says, "Less and less with every experience." <laughs> yes, which is very good. Um, and yeah, Kate McKinnon, like it seemed like every time she's on stage, she's playing oh, on stage on screen. Every time she's on screen, she's playing a different character or almost like some inhabiting some new persona, which like is often done in these kind of films in a very tedious and boring way where it's like, oh, I'm mad, me. Look at this this crazy person. That They're like like the straight man and the comic formula, the comic person. That's often applied kind of wrongly in these kind of films where it's just, yeah, we get it. She's crazy. But like actually in this, every time she was doing it, it was hilarious. And the one that made me laugh the most was when they, they like um, they kidnap the people and she proposes as like an English cab driver and she's in the car and like trying to tell them this sob story. She's going, Oh, my wife is dead. <laughs> that made <laughs> yeah. me laugh out loud. I really love that bit. Um, yeah. I, I think she's great in this. I mean, I think she's really good across the board, but I think in this movie, it's a real standout performance and it really shows her quality as that kind of intense comedic act um where there's that sort of constant energy to her and also that unexpected quality where you don't really know what's going to happen next and even watching this a second time i didn't remember a lot of the jokes and they landed just as well the second time around um which is which is really good um it's it that's good because again often with these kind of films when you do watch it the second time you're like yeah i remember that joke and it's not funny the second time Especially with poo humor, particularly with poo humor. Um, but the, but I think again because they handle it relatively delicately, um, as you always should with poo, it um, it manages to actually sort of work well a second time around. So I didn't remember the random dick shot, and then when it showed up again, I was like, "Oh, this is really funny!" and <laughs> laughed again um, as uh, as this as this guy gets kicked out of a window naked. Um, um but and speaking of the kicking i'd also like to point out that the action in this film is really really good and i did not remember that from the yeah. first time around either the, the it's not an action heavy movie i wouldn't say um you know don't go into this expecting james bond there's a lot of actual humor and a lot of the humor is based around um dialogue um as well as the the, the more slapstick comedic element um but when those when those action set pieces kick in they're incredibly well done 
um, the shootout at the restaurant, for instance, um, is mm. really, really good. And they managed to embed humor into it, which is something that's very hard to do with action movies. So, I mean, I was laughing as he was drowning someone in burning fondue. <laughs> it's just really <laughs> funny. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's good. But what's great about that is, as well is that I think with these kind of films, when it's like a comedy with an action element, they go too far in trying to be like, oh, yeah, we're parodying action films. When actually they they weren't trying to make a parody of an action film. What they were trying to make is a buddy movie. And they knew that and they got that right. But they still had a lot of fun with the action sequences while making sure that they were competent. And that was, I appreciated that. As someone who's not massively into action movies, I could still tell that it was competent action movie. Yeah, I, th- I think they they did a really good job with it. And, and as you said, it's a hard line to walk before it becomes parody. And, you know, when you make a parody action film, if you do it right, it can really work. So Hot Fuzz, obviously, is a standout example of an oh, yeah. action parody that works well. But again, that ties you into You ain't seen Bad Boys 2. You ain't never seen Bad Boys 2. Um, and, and, and <laughs> Go back to London. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be a big cop in a small town? Fuck off to the model village. Um, <laughs> love, I love... <laughs> it's a great film. I haven't seen that in a really long time, but there's so much bits like that that stay with you. And that, so much of it just revolves around them chasing a swan. <laughs> it's so good. I really love that film a lot. Um, and that's an example of kind of like towing that line between parody and earnestness that works really well. Um, and The Spy Dump Me doesn't yeah. have that same... And again, of, of, often it's done using extreme violence as well. Like extreme violence that is funny because it's so extreme and ridiculous. But this film didn't have to do that either. No, and, and the... the um... The violence feels... It was the right level of fondue. If it, <laughs> the right level of fondue. It feels visceral, to use a word that's overused in almost every context. Um, so it does feel it does mm-hmm. feel very real and it feels very grotesque when, you know, the people are being shot and, and the punches feel genuine and everything like that. But it never feels gratuitous. Um, so, so, it, so it does balance it very, very well, I think. Um, and, and that ties into, I think, that the movie really wants to capture that fish out of water feel so you've got these two friends one of them finds out that their boyfriend who just dumped them is actually a spy um and they get sucked into this this international espionage game and so by having the 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 violence feel genuine and threatening it really helps to solidify the reality of the whole sort of world that they're in where Yes, there are super spies and they are dangerous and they're they're dangerous to normal people. And when you see the sort of collateral damage which which comes into effect across the movie, um, you know, the poor cab driver who gets shot. Um <laughs> great little performance. Even though when she tells him that look, there are guys chasing us and we gotta <laughs> gotta go fast, he goes, Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah it's great. Um <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so so Now are they gun boys? Do the do the men in this film count as gun boys? I guess a little bit, but they're not really. It's not flam because they're not flaunting. Yeah, it's it. not flamboyant enough to be gun boys. They're just regular gun men, I think. All right, they're gun men. Okay, yes, yeah, so, yeah. So you have to be flamboyant. You have to be flaunting it to be a gun boy. Yes, exactly. For reference as to what a gun boy is, see the Romeo and Juliet episode. <laughs> yeah, it's a true description of gun boys. Um, and then now I'm trying to get gun boys into everything. <laughs> Um, but I think that um, that overall, it's you know, it, it's it's not just the female leads that do a good job, and the gun the gun men do a good job too. So Sam Hewen um, does a really good Bond impression here. Um, yeah, he's a he's British. He is a Scotsman, know. and 
I'm oh, disappointed. Okay. I had not seen him in anything. So before. he is the main man from Outlander. If you've ever seen Outlander, um, I so have not. Outlander is the one where the woman gets sucked back in time and is in 1743 Scotland. Um, and obviously, of the Scots are great and the English are bastards because that's what reality is. Um, do not at me, English people. <laughs> um um yeah and he's he's very good in that he's uh he's um got a real sort of charisma and obviously he's got a big old jaw which helps and he's a handsome man um yeah chiseled a a chiseled a chiseled fella um i'm not sure what he's i can see here that he was in a film called a princess for christmas i was just looking that that sounds like the kind of shit we should watch it sounds exactly like what we should be watching it's also got this Christmas after the new A Christmas Prince film. It has got Roger Moore in it. I'm on board. Um, yeah. Uh, at the invitation of an estranged relative, a young woman travels with her niece and nephew to a castle in Europe for Christmas where she unwittingly falls for a dashing prince. That just sounds like A Christmas Prince, doesn't it? Yeah, it absolutely <laughs> does, but, but with less subterfuge. Yes, yeah. Uh, less spina bifida, I guess. Um, yeah there's no cure cure. um yeah okay we need to (laughs) there's no news yet as to whether there will be a fourth christmas prince movie i really hope that there there is because otherwise if there isn't a fourth one we're going to have to watch all three of the previous ones for one episode equally we do need to watch a princess for christmas which might prove to be some kind of precursor um so it looks like he was in bloodshot which is the recent um vin diesel action movie um which came out recently that people seem to enjoy. Um, hmm. But uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd like to see him being more, obviously Outlander is doing well. Um, people, people love that. They love Scotland. They love men in kilts as well. They should. Um, and he is going to be in a movie about Roald Dahl, the story of the marriage between Patricia <laughs> Neal and Roald Dahl starring him. Okay. And Keely Hawes and oh, Hugh Bonneville is playing Roald Dahl. That is an interesting casting choice. All right. I'm, sounds I'm interesting. That. that sounds cool. Um, but yes, yeah, so um, so he's good and he does action well and he's shooty shooty bang bangs well. But also he's quite funny. Yeah. He is funny. Yeah. He, to- he, you know, he toes the line of being, again, a sort of vaguely straight man character, but also sometimes engaging in the goof in the goofiness of it. But, you know, he can't engage in it too much because he's the hot guy. So he's got to be the straight man of the whole film. Um, And then Mila Kunis is the main fish out of water sympathetic character. And then Kate McKinnon is the wild card buddy. Um, But but then I think this movie is really um, helped by the quality performances of the supporting cast as well. So um, shout out to Gillian Anderson for being in this. Oh, she's great. Um, she's really great. She has such a presence, yeah. doesn't she, in um, everything she's she, in. She's brilliant in this film. Um, and, um, yeah, as the sort of M-type character, as the film deliberately points out that she's the Judy Dench, I think it's yeah. <laughs> very funny. Um, yeah. And, and so, yeah, everybody everybody's doing their best and everyone seems to buy into how fun this film is and how lighthearted this film is. It doesn't have anything big to tell you. It just wants to make you happy. Yeah. It wants to entertain you. Yeah. And, and, and at the end of the day, I think movies like this are really important to have. Not everything needs to be, you know, 
a really important message. It can just be a movie about two people kicking butt and pushing naked men out of windows and saving the world. <laughs> yeah, that's enough for you. But you know, some of us also want the buddy, the buddy part, and that's what really carries this film. Is actually you believe their friendship, even though it's really outlandish and stupid, and the way they kind of joke around, the way they interact, they they do have really really good on screen chemistry, and that's absolutely what carried the film for me. Oh yes, yeah, definitely. They 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 work really well together, and it does feel like a genuine um, a genuine friendship, um, which shouldn't come as a surprise because uh, the director um, Susanna Fogel. I don't know if you looked her up, but she directed and wrote. No, but the name uh, rings a bell. She directed and wrote Life Partners, a movie that we previously talked about right. on this podcast. Um, we did, which was good, and that was like a low key, quite good film, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, and that was a very, a very personal, very low key, um, relationship driven movie. How many lesbians can you get into a Subaru? <laughs> exactly, um, and I think that that showed a different kind of skill set. So it, you know, it showed that real ability to create intimacy between characters. Um, but what it did do is there's a very clear through road between that into this where. She is a very good director and writer of strong female friendships. So um, she also wrote um, Booksmart, which came out last year, which is apparently very funny. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I heard nothing but good things yeah, which about I've, that. I've not watched yet. I do intend to watch it. Um, but I heard, you know, very good things about that. And interestingly enough, the next thing that she's directing um, is Utopia, which um, I don't know if you ever watched the original um i've read thomas moore's utopia yes we um didn't we study it we, in first year of university study, um we, we did study utopia <laughs> i wrote an essay on the role of sheep in moore's utopia got a bad grade because i was drunk what, what did you think about the role of sheep in moore's utopia I thought that they were there to provide some kind of pastoral element and also wool. that sounds pretty accurate um so yeah, see? Fuck you, Doctor, whoever marked me down. <laughs> we hate you, whoever that Doctor was. Um, so Utopia um, was originally a British uh, TV series, which I don't know if you watched, but it's about a bunch of people which find this comic book um, that seems to be about this conspiracy um, behind the scenes. Um, but then it turns out that actually it's real and this mysterious um, sort of... Um, Oh, it's adapted by um, Gillian Gillian yes, Flynn. Yeah, so so she of Gone Girl yes, fame. So the original version. Do you remember when that was the biggest book in the world, and that was literally I everywhere? Do. Um, and I remember. In fact, we should watch the movie at some point because that is obviously all about relationships. Yeah, um, I don't think I've seen it. I, I've not seen it either. I love um, David Fincher. He's one of my favourite directors, but at the same time, I remember the twist of the book so vividly that I've never felt like watching the film because I've always thought... Oh, no. Did you read, did you read Gone Girl? Oh, no, so I you didn't. would be going so into don't, it entirely. Don't spoil the twist. Oh, we should definitely watch it for the podcast then. Um, is it a stupid no, twist? It's well done. It a real it's, a well, it's a well done twist. Um, I, I liked it a lot. But it's one of those ones where, much like when you find out that um, that Kaiser Soze is Darth Vader, um, you oh yeah, yeah, um, unremember that information and it takes a little bit of the punch out of it. So I've never felt like really watching the Kevin Spacey is your yes. father. <laughs> Spoiler alert! Yeah, yeah. I was trying not to spoil that kind the of thing. movie. 
just in case there were some <laughs> people who hadn't seen the usual suspects. But um, oh, I'm gonna have to put it on my. Oh, could I have to put a spoiler warning at the beginning? <laughs> or you could just you could if you have look if you haven't seen the usual Star Wars, <laughs> just put a. Don't watch than that, it. Just put a beep over what you just said. And yeah. beep it out. Look, 155 episodes. I've never had to beep Re- anything out. Replace what you just said with this, Robert Gordon. There we go. That will that will fit over. <laughs> Robert, Robert Gordon. Robert <laughs> Gordon. Robert Gordon. <laughs> that'll. Robert That'll Gordon. fit over it. Um, but yeah, so it's the um, yeah the original. Um, we need to have a, some kind of sound. I'll just put like a l- tiny little clip of Honky Tonk Dog <laughs> over it. There we go. Um, yeah, the original series of Utopia is a really quirky, interesting um, series that was on Channel Four, and a lot of people loved. Um, and they got two series out of it. It was very interesting. Um, and then there's been a an American remake in the works for a little while, and it seems as though it's finally getting off the ground. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about it, because from my perspective at least, I think it's not really something that needs to be remade, and it might lose some of the interesting element of it if it is remade. Um, I'm looking at this now. It's, this is relatively recent, 2013, yeah. 2014. I I remember vaguely remember this coming out. Yeah, it was it was a very unique looking um, show, and it was it's one of my favourite shows of recent years. I think it worked incredibly well. Um, beautiful to look at. Oh, Emperor Palpatine's in it. Really, <laughs> is Kaiser Sose's in it. Um, <laughs> oh shit! Sorry, I've done it again. <laughs> no, it yeah, says it in McDermott's in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a it's it's a really interesting series, and I've never seen anything quite like it. So, I'm not sure how necessary a remake is because also it did feel very British, and I think by introducing it into a wider sphere, like setting it in America, it might lose some of that. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. At least it's in good hands. I think, um, you know, you've got Gillian Flynn, um, you've got Susanna Fogel, um, you, you know, there's people with a lot of potential and a lot of quality behind them to make it good, but whether it will work or not is another matter entirely. Yeah, of course. Sounds interesting though. Yes. It's about comic books. So I know that you'll like it because you love all comic books. I'm a comic book guy. Love me some comic books. Yes, exactly. You love... Love Batman, <laughs> Superman, Superman, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> spiders versus... That, that's the plural of Spider-Man, is it? Spiders yeah, Spider-Man. Like Grand Prix or... Um, yeah, Gr- Grand, Grand or Prix. <laughs> Powers of Attorney. Yeah, exactly. Spider-Man. Um, love it, love it, love it, love it. <laughs> I love Watches Men... Who mans the Watchmen? Yeah. Oh, no, isn't that you're not supposed to say mans anymore? Isn't that like um, gender who, normative who language? People's the watch people. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Thank you, Alan Moore. <laughs> oh, Alan Moore. Um, but yeah, so so I think I've forgotten how we got onto this. Oh yeah, it was a. a I, I have a, no a idea. Good... Was it a Kaiser Soze thing? <laughs> no, it was. It was a good through road. Kaiser Soze a, Hall. A good. A good through road of her quality in creating these these intimate sort of relationships in cinema. Um, so yeah, it's it's very well done, and I think 
it, it, it's the real quality and driving force of this film, isn't it? It's the relationship between the two of them. Absolutely. You, you fully believe it. And it's funny as well. That's the thing. And often, you know, with a lot of these kind of films, I guess they throw actors together and they, they sort of rattle through it, but they don't necessarily always have the kind of chemistry that these two have where it's totally believable. But also it's set up well in the film as well. So, you know, no amount of great chemistry between actors can, you know, pull a horrible script out from the bin and make it into a film that is good and enjoyable to watch. But if you have all of those things, then it's good. So, you know, the script is decent enough. It's, you know, it's not a literary masterpiece, but it does the job, right? Yeah, it makes me laugh and it makes me forget about the horrors of the outside world. What more can you want? Which is what we all need right now. (laughs) What more can you want from a movie than that at the moment? Um, So, yeah, it's... I'm I I like this film and I think more people should watch it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think even if you if you think oh, I'm not into dumb comedies, then well, why are you listening to this show? Just <laughs> but if you're not into stuff that sort of like is action movie based or has that those kind of themes, even in a comic thing, give it a go, man. You might you might be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I think you. I think people will be because, like I said, that the action isn't overbearing. Um, it's still a movie driven by like interpersonal relationships and heart. And most of the humor is still dialogue based rather than shitting in a toilet based. Um, although there is, yeah. there is poo but for those of you who love poo humor, there, it's in there, there is some, there is some poo humor in here as well. Um, yeah. A, a large man goes to the toilet after eating a bratwurst. Yeah. Which is, you know, we've all been there and you hear it. Yeah. <laughs> we've all been there. Um, so you hear the plops. <laughs> Thank you for vividly describing it. That's exactly what we needed. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's it's good. I like it. I like this movie. Um, it's it's interesting to look at this versus Spy, the Melissa McCarthy movie, which is much much heavier in terms of action, but equally still manages to blend the line between um, between. Um, sort of pastiche and genuine affection very well um does she have a hilarious best friend who pretends to be a cockney taxi driver and says me wife is dead (laughs) no um but there is miranda hart in it being british um which kind of Of kind of fills the same void um following up on what was the film where we cast her in miranda and miranda Miranda, Miranda it's like that right um yeah which I, I should really make a poster for at some point but um yes that's one that needs a poster yeah. if you haven't seen the poster from last week we have a poster from for lit men yeah. oh i haven't actually tweeted the poster yet have i because <laughs> i was gonna put the i was gonna put the clip up on it saying so i'll do that before this episode goes out there we go. so go on our twitter feed and look for lit men i put it as the cover the cover image on twitter oh perfect so perfect. but because it, it crops it it just says lit men so no one knows what that means out of context <laughs> other than that we're saying that we are yeah, lit they men just, they just think we're a couple of freaky mra guys um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, because we're lit. But but Spy is a movie I really like as well. I think they 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 it, it would act as a good double bill actually. Um, that's got Alison Janney, which who I know you're 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 fond. Oh, of. she is just incredible, and yeah, one of I think one of the most underrated actors of all yes, time. Yeah. Did you see I Tanya? Uh, I Maybe haven't. I haven't yet. I really want. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's that's one. I yeah, I do want to talk about. But her performance in that was absolutely outstanding. Um, yeah, I do really want to watch, really want to watch that. I've heard nothing but good things about it. 
Um, but yeah, it's got her in um, uh, Jude Law, who is another underrated person. I think Jude Law needs more love. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I think I think he's rated. You think he's? I think he gets exactly the right amount of love and appreciation that he deserves. See, I think people think of Jude Law as being a bit of a fancy man. Um, he's yeah, he's a fancy but man. But I think there's that's a good thing. But I right? think there's things that he's done which show more behind him than just being a fancy man um and and i think i think he shows a good side of himself in in spy in terms of having that humor um but then there's jason statham who is at his best in spy i would say as as the angry daniel craig-esque action spy um see that's they've done the thing there where they got an actual action person in a, a proper, true, one hundred percent gunman in to play a gunman. Yes, yeah, he is the true. Whereas in the gunman. spy who dumped me, I don't know that any of them were true gunmen. No, no, um, they're all people. Justin who... Thoreau, Louis Thoreau's cousin, would like to think that he is, but he's not really. <laughs> would he like to think that he is? Yeah, his his face in this film says that he wants to, that he's really trying hard, and he wants you to think he's this, he's a cool spy. But I think I think it's more just him acting that way as a kind of humor as opposed to him desperately trying to be it i can't think of anything that he's been in where i thought oh yeah he's desperate to be uh an action hero no i think he just has that kind of face um yeah because uh, did you did you ever watch maniac no maniac i did not a very very good um series which is on netflix and will still be on netflix because i think he's a it. maniac maniac um, I do think he's a very good yes, actor. Yeah, and and um, and that was. Uh, Did you see the girl on the train? I have seen Girl on the Train. It's about. He was. I thought he was very good I in like that. I like him as the girl on the train. Surprising. Yeah. Surprising casting decision to have him as the girl. It came out of nowhere. It just starts. You're on the train, and there he is. Yes. Yeah. Looking out the window, ordering some snacks, buying some extortionately priced booze from the trolley. There he is. He's a girl on the train. Yeah, I appreciated that. No, that's a good film. That's a good film. Again, I haven't read the original book. Um, Me neither. But again, there was a time when it was the only book on us. Yes, that was it. Um, but Maniac is a very strange, kind of 80s-esque, um, sci-fi-ish series about these two people, played by Jonah Hill and Emma Stone, who are doing this pharmaceutical trial where they go into this mysterious company's lab um and it's it's to do with a way that they can solve their mental health issues with just a a pill or three different pills they have to take um and it's very very funny it's very heartwarming um very stylish and um the 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 actors in it are, are all fantastic so yeah i'd really recommend um you watch that and that our listeners watch it it's very good um that sounds very interesting yes and, uh, it's a, it's it's a very good series i i really like it um but uh but yes so i i like i like our boy justin he's yeah he's, he's, he's a he's a handsome man he's been in some good stuff and he plays he's also he plays a spy well yeah he's in um in parks and recreation as justin not playing himself but playing justin he voices tramp in lady and the tramp what the the recent yes. one that looks really creepy and weird. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? And Tessa Thompson yeah. is lady. What's going on? Why yeah. are you doing this, Tessa? You're so much better than this. 
My favorite scene in that film is when a bunch of Italian men try to get two dogs to have sex in an alley. <laughs> it's just an iconic cinematic moment <laughs> that I'm sure will be greatly improved by photorealistic animation because re- we have that now. Dawkins watches on. Yeah, he's just standing around it. Yeah, come on, full sixty nine. This is not going to make any sense to people who do not who were not up with Richard Dawkins' lore as we are with the Richard Dawkins memeified tweets from what five years ago. How how well versed are you in the Richard Dawkins Twitter cinematic universe? Now is that. Is that better, or do you prefer the one where Richard Dawkins would would touch a poop? Would Richard Dawkins touch a poop for twenty dollars? <laughs> I prefer the dog one, but I do have space in my heart for Richard Dawkins touching a poop. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. We'll, we'll post links to both of these in the show notes if you want to see <laughs> the, the kind of shit that goes on in Richard Dawkins's head when he's not thinking about how much he hates God and he's so angry about God and. Uh, why are you order? Oh, God. And he gets paid a lot of money for doing I that. I didn't realise. Well. And gets to be a professor. He's a professor of, you know, why are you order religion? He's he's not turned up on my Twitter feed recently. So has he stopped saying stupid things for a while? You, maybe he has. Yeah. Maybe in lockdown, he's, he's taken a look at himself and gone, I don't need to tweet. Because I think that Richard Dawkins is a numpty, but... <laughs> He's not necessarily like David Icke levels of batshit monster. No, no, he's he's David Icke with a professorship from at Oxford. Yeah, so he's 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 occasionally goes, "Oi, you know what's wrong with the world? Religion," and then ruffles yeah, some feathers and then says something Islamophobic every so often because that's that yep. seems to be what he goes after at the moment. Take that, clock child. <laughs> take that clock child um but i think apart from that he's generally not one of the real villains of twitter um because no, there, are some, there are some true villains on twitter um he's a shit poster yeah. he knows <laughs> yeah, what he's, he's the doing. ultimate shit poster so i guess maybe under coronavirus he's kind of calmed down a bit and has just gone well he's not like a prison planet level guy no, no, he's not or, or as the aforementioned david ike who yeah let, let's He's not on Twitter, is is he? Surely he's banned from Twitter. David Icke definitely had a Twitter presence. Um, um, let's have a look. I think I might have blocked him from my feed because he kept showing up. Um, yeah, no, he is he is on Twitter and he is posting uh, constantly. Um, you mean shit posting? Uh, he's going on about Israel at the moment. Um, Prince Charles to launch Great Reset Project to rebuild planet in wake of coronavirus. Uh, it's not the chain of command that enslaves us. It's the chain of obedience. Obedience is in all capitals. Um, he's talking about artificial intelligence police officers. Um, about how the true toll of COVID-19 is the new narrative. Okay. Um, Brainless BuzzFeed pimps for the elite, as always, and apparently I say the Jews are behind the virus. I don't. That there is no virus, and 5G causes the virus, all at the same time. (laughs) Hilarious. (laughs) Oh, boy. 
I wonder how Jack Dorsey feels about all this. Well, did you not see that um, they, in an, if they were to get rid of the Nazis from Twitter, they'd end up having to get rid of some Republican politicians because the algorithm wouldn't be able to tell the difference between the two. Um, oh, which, how which strange. Is, you're so close to understanding the point, aren't you? <laughs> so They're so close to that realisation. Um, so I imagine that given that Donald Trump, sorry to talk politics on this podcast. Um, yeah, it's so bad to talk politics about anything. I can't believe people would politicise a, a political thing. <laughs> Donald Trump has been bringing up a conspiracy theory that this 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 woman died being murdered by a US politician which is not the case and the 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 um husband of this woman wrote an open letter to Jack of Twitter saying can you please ban Donald Trump or get him to take down these posts because they go against your terms and conditions and are bringing me unspeakable pain and bringing her family unspeakable pain um are they going to do anything no they're not because donald trump has threatened to start nuclear war on twitter and they haven't done anything about it what are they going to do about caring about you know the emotional impact that this psychopathic big orange bastard is doing on people (laughs) Um, the big wet president (laughs) the (laughs) jab of the heart with a bad toupee um that i think of him um yeah so yeah i think Twitter gets a lot out of having terrible people on it. And they are worried that if they didn't allow terrible people on it, then the service would not make as much money. They would make any money. And that's what it comes down to at the end of the day, isn't it? It's money, shareholders. Um, So, yeah. So they keep things like David Icke um, on there. (laughs) David Icke and Richard Dawkins. Yeah, and Richard Dawkins, he's... Yeah, he seems to have not shit posted in yeah. a while. So. He's calmed down. <laughs> That's fine. Um, but he's posting all normal stuff about God and Dominic Cummings and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, so he's whatever. fine. Um, terrified of David Icke now banned by PayPal. So it seems as though PayPal <laughs> has banned David Icke. Oh no! <laughs> I feel like him and Elon Musk would get on. <laughs> um. Oh dear. Yeah. So he's posting a lot of end the lockdown stuff and covid 1984 is something that he's posted <gasps> i've honestly never thought of that that's great um yeah so uh yeah so david ike is really going for it unsurprisingly because what else is he going to do with his time um i i just i just hope jack dorsey's parents are proud of him that's all i just hope he falls down a well <laughs> He'd probably see that as some kind of like meditation zen thing. <laughs> yeah, guys, I'm doing this new thing where like I fall down a well and it totally clears my mind and takes my mind off the fact that I'm like, I make billions of dollars from facilitating evil monsters being evil. And we'll send our shepherds down the well, all the way down. <laughs> that is a deep cut joke from The Simpsons, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I love that episode. It's great. Uh, but yeah what is it? who gets stuck in Bart, Bart gets stuck, gets stuck in, the well. in the well and then they yeah. do the charity single with Sting sending our love <laughs> down the well oh Sting um, good old Sting but uh, but right um, we have we have gone well off course with this um, so <laughs> yeah let's steer the ship have back have you got anything else you'd like to say about 
Um, just more of the on the supporting cast is that Hassan Minaj is very funny. Um, have you ever seen? Have you seen Patriot Act? His show on it's Netflix. It's in my to watch list. I haven't watched it yet. It's, it's good. It's very enjoyable. I've only seen a couple of episodes, but every episode I've seen has had one or two things that made me laugh out loud. Um, and it talks about politics, which is fine to talk about because everything is political. Literally everything is political. I saw someone on Twitter the other day who put apolitical in their Twitter bio, and it's like, mate, you're not apolitical. Nothing is apolitical. You can't. It's impossible. To Everything be. is political. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a little factoid for you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go through the a little bit of trivia. Um, Can I just say what, one more thing? What, last thing, and then we'll then we'll round it off. She she talks about Mr. Monopoly, but she says Mr. Monopoly at one point. Is that supposed Monopoly. to be a joke, or is that genuinely how they think Monopoly is pronounced? Well, I think maybe some people pronounce it Monopoly. Maybe. That's not allowed. <laughs> Monopoly. 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 That's not a thing. No. Um, I refuse to accept it. <laughs> if they pr- if that's how it's being pronounced in the live action Monopoly movie that is definitely happening that I want to happen with Kevin Hart, I'm going to boycott it. <laughs> you'll see the trailer and they'll pronounce it Monopoly and you'll be like, no. I was... I'll, I'll be sitting there in the cinema and I'll go, boo. I was fully on board. Get off. I was fully on board with this. <laughs> Um, <laughs> right, so trivia time. Um, if you type The Spy Who into IMDb, this is the second movie that comes up. You might think that the first movie that comes up would be The Spy Who Loved Me, starring Roger Moore. Um, but actually, it's Austin Powers' The Spy Who Shagged Me. So, the, 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 so <laughs> Do you remember when that came out and everyone was like, ooh, it's a little bit risque. It says the word shag in it in the title. <laughs> can we watch the Austin Powers movies for this podcast? I'm sure we can, yeah. Um, we're groovy, aren't we? We're groovy, baby. At least one of us is a fat bastard. I've, I've lost my mind. <laughs> I won't say which of us it is. <laughs> um, oh, God. The, the, I have a controversial opinion. Austin Powers sucks. I, the first Austin Powers movie is funny. The second one is really shit. And the third one is even shitter. That's I, my... don't th- I definitely haven't seen the third one. I don't know if I've even seen the second one. Well, you know... I haven't seen any of them for a long time. You know Fat Bastard, who was only in the second yeah. one. So maybe you've only seen the second one. I, I must one. have seen it then, yeah. Um... The first oh, one, I can't even remember. the first one, I haven't watched it in a few years, but the last time I did watch it, it surprisingly held up, which mm. I was not expecting. Um, but the second one, I can't believe you're telling me that a film called subtitled Gold Member is not funny. <laughs> um, yeah, we should do a, we should do a, we, when, when the new James Bond movie comes out, <laughs> instead of doing a James instead Bond of talking special, about that, we'll do it. We'll do an Austin Powers marathon. Instead, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep you to this. This is gonna happen. This is gonna be okay. okay. Um, <laughs> We've got no time for no time to yeah, die. No time for dying. Watching no time to die. Um, so um, so yeah. Anyway, right. Some more trivia for you. That was just a little bit of a random extra fun. <laughs> I thought I'd share with you. Um, so no, I, I did actually want to talk about just to mention that the title was similar to yeah. the Spy Who Shagged Me. But of course, they're both based on the Spy Who Loved Me, the James Bond movie. Yeah. Um, so Gillian uh, Anderson was Kate McKinnon's childhood crush. Oh, very nice. Um, 
so uh, we were talking about the strong female friendship and actually Susanna Fogel said that she wanted the movie to show how strong female friendships can be uh, without having some manufactured conflict, um, mm-hmm. which is great. And, and it is really good that this movie never has that moment where you're like, I thought you were my friend or I thought you were going to stick with me to the end or... That's that true, actually. Yeah, there wasn't a manufactured conflict between Which is them. great. It all feels... That was then swiftly resolved five minutes later. Um, yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, which, which I really, really appreciate. Um, um, so, so, yeah, so I, I, I thought that was really interesting. Um, uh, so they, they travel to various different places in Europe. So there's bits in Prague, in Berlin, Vienna, etc. But actually it was all shot in Budapest. Oh, okay. That's the thing. That's a generic European city that Americans love. Yeah, so it just covers everything off. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, what's great about Budapest is you got Buddha and you got Pest. Yeah. Which do you prefer, Buddha or Pest? Oh, I don't know. Probably Pest. Just because it sounds like a pest. Even though I'm actually quite interested in Buddhism. Oh, there we go. And you're a fan of Pests. Yeah, locusts, mice, rats. <laughs> love, love a locust. Fucking love a good locust, mate. No, I, what I mean is I love the band at the locust. <laughs> I see, I see. Um, so, uh, according to Hewan, um, when his character kills a man in a pot of fondue, it's a nod to the scene from Casino Royale where James Bond kills a man in a sink. <laughs> I prefer fondue. <laughs> that must be a very big sink. <laughs> I, I prefer fondue. Um, yeah, when so- you say sink... Is it more like a hot tub? Because to fit two men in a sink, um, <laughs> two two men in a sink. Yeah, the the, the classic Tom Selleck comedy from the eighties. <laughs> oh, three three men and a sink and a baby. Yep, because you wash a baby in a sink. We never washed our baby in a sink, but because they have like actual like little baby baths you can get now. But back in the day, they used to wash the baby in the sink. They did. They did. I imagine I was probably washed in the sink. Yeah. So that still, explains I, a lot. I still wash myself in the sink. Just there, <laughs> sticking my foot in the sink. Yeah, a gentleman's wash, they call it. Um, can I just shout out as well that I really love the, the line of dialogue where um, Mila Kunis' character is revealed to have had sex dreams about one of the minions from Despicable Me. <laughs> Uh, which made me laugh. Yeah, there were a few little pop culture references peppered throughout this film that were quite enjoyable. Yes, yeah, it works all, works all pretty well. Works pretty well. Um, got minions. You got Mister Monopoly. You know, it's all in there. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, so that'll that'll do it for trivia. So shall we move on to talking about how we're going to rate this movie? Yes, that is good. Um, so how many? naked men would you push out of a window out of 20 <laughs> i would push 14 naked men out of a window yeah i'm i'm gonna match you completely 14 that was what i was thinking because you know it's not it's not not above that because it's it's not groundbreaking you know it's not like you know it's not like a massive emotional experience or some kind of major cinematic event but it is fun and enjoyable and entertaining and that is what we need in these times Yes, exactly. Um, this is this is exactly what we need at the moment. It's it's not trying to change the world, but it is trying to make you happy, and it succeeds. So yeah, we we like this movie here and Big Boys. Yeah, 
It's a good one. Um, so, what have we got next? Well, we, we sort of half decided on something, but then I've had some other ideas. So, do you want to watch an Australian dance movie, a live-action remake of a classic cartoon film, or a film that Peter Bradshaw reviewed in The Guardian as being bizarre, monumentally inept, erotic thriller featuring a risible plot and jaw-droppingly bad acting? <laughs> bearing um, in mind that peter bradshaw is actually often quite wrong um what give me the description again um, a monumentally inept erotic thriller featuring a risible plot and jaw-droppingly bad acting <laughs> <laughs> i'm really tempted to go with that um <laughs> um what do um, mm, how off, how recent is this movie this is f- like from this year from this year yeah this has like just come out or very very recently Ooh. so that or well the middle one you can obviously guess is the lion king and is yeah, that or yeah, australian I was, dance i was movie. thinking either aladdin or or lion king oh, i want to talk one. about aladdin as well there's so much i want to talk mm. to you about oh so what mm, i think Keep a pin in this terrible movie. Unless, did it come out really recently? Are we going to get some excellent SEO if we talk about it now? No. I, well, I, I've been Googling it. It seems like hardly anyone else has reviewed it. I don't think it's had a full cinematic release. I think it's actually kind of an indie film that he must have stumbled across. Um, Adam, friend of the podcast, Adam Molesky, sent it to me and was like, this sounds like your kind of shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Anyway, I don't, I don't uh, think we should be reviewing films for SEO purposes. I think we should because we are all about getting that big podcast money. When it's, when Spotify yeah. get to offer us a hundred million dollars for oh, our podcast, Jesus Christ! Um, <laughs> for a man, a man who had Jordan Peterson on his show and took him seriously, yeah, fuck that. <laughs> um, you know what? Let's go with this, and I promise to pick either Aladdin or The Lion King for my next movie. <laughs> Okay. Let's do it. Let's do what. What is this? You want to hear about the shippies? Piece? It's yeah. called "More Beautiful for Having Been Broken." Have you heard about this? I have not. That is a horrible title. title. Yeah, really what awful. I can't find any reviews of it apart from this one from Peter Bradshaw. So I'm actually genuinely quite intrigued. Is it easy to find? Is this a kind a of a big city FBI find? agent retreats to the country in this bizarre, monumentally inept erotic thriller, <laughs> and he compares it to the room in the opening, um, the opening paragraph. Okay, I'm just looking it up. It's got the guy from, from um, Third Rock from the Sun in it. What? It's got French, Which guy? French Stewart, who played Harry in Third Rock from the Sun. All right. I'm on board. It's got him in it. That's all I need. Okay. Okay, we're watching this, whatever the fuck this film is. <laughs> it looks nuts. Okay. In a good way. Right. Okay, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get on board with this bad boy. Cool. All right, I'm excited. I don't know if I am or not yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's too early to tell. Oh, dear. All right. Well, there we go. We um, hope you all enjoyed The Spy Who Dumped Me, or if you haven't seen it, do go and watch it. It's enjoyable and fun. Um, you can find us on Twitter at BigBoysDon'tPod. Always love to hear from you. Or on the emails, BigBoysDon'tCryPodcast at gmail.com if you're old school. Yeah, what did you think of it? 
what would you do if you were a spy? Where would you yeah. hide your hard drive? <laughs> yeah, there are very few options. <laughs> would you hide it up your bum? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll do a poll on Twitter which <laughs> of which orifice people prefer. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. So, yeah. So, look out for that. Look out for the clip from last week where we explain lit men. <laughs> Fucking hell. And look, and look out for Rob's poster for Miranda Rights. Yeah, I'll try and find some time to get that together. Yeah. All right. And we'll be back next week to talk about more beautiful for having been broken. I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> All righty. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. There ought to be a law. Get the sheriff on the bone. Lord have mercy. How she even get them bridges on? That honky-tonk, the donkey-donk.